Welcome, everybody. I'm glad you've joined us. My name is Ethan. And I'm Thomas. This is the Taraxicon Podcast, an informative podcast of Tarask proportions. You know what, Ethan? What? I don't want to do this anymore. Oh. Yeah. And by this, what do you what do you mean? Uh, this podcast. Uh, this is actually my referral. No. What do you say when you want to quit? You give them a paper. Resignation. Resignation letter. Mm-hmm. All right. That's my resignation letter. Uh, so I was, I'll give us my two week notice. So I'll do this for two more weeks, and then uh, that'll be it. Hmm. Okay. Well, I have to find something to do with my free time then. No, you can't. You you have to do it by yourself. All right, everyone. So you no. see what I did there? I forced an <laughs> option on Ethan. And I told him that I was quitting, and then he, that he couldn't do anything else. Now, that sounded like a really sour situation, and that's just uh, a common example of uh, what it means to uh, take away someone's player agency. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into it, and let's go ahead and define what player agency means. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think player agency is mainly just about giving characters freedom of choice. And in that, freedom to choose certain consequences and uh, outcomes for their actions. So, uh, What do you think it means? Yeah, so, well, I think it means exactly that. I think uh, player agency is, well, I couldn't really define on the spot what the word agency means, so I couldn't give you a literal definition. But uh, when I think of a player uh, having player agency, it basically just means, similar to what you said, giving them the importance of their actions and the the mm-hmm. you know once again freedom to uh determine whatever it is they want to do whether that is going with or against what you as a dm might be doing and i guess we're doing this from the perspective of a dm but uh you as a player can also maintain player agency cuz there have been people in the past that will play a game with you that will say you should do this and you should do that and i don't know if you didn't ask them then i don't know what they think they're doing telling you how to play your character but uh you know fuck them so i I think there's ways to do you know helpful suggestions but uh with with it you you need to keep in mind their their player agency because it might not necessarily be what they want to do Hey, it sounds like I need to watch some previous episodes of Taraxicon. Uh, what episodes would you recommend? Uh, mainly all of them. That's a good. That's but a good. Specifically, answer. I think uh, episode two would probably be the best, where you could learn about <clears throat> respect and why it's important to have respect for fellow players and DMs. So, uh, how do you think if we applied some player agency to the situation that we gave in the beginning? Uh, how do you think uh, if I gave uh, you some good player agency, uh, what do you think would allow you to have more freedom to choose? What would you choose? Um, well, I don't know. Let's see. I think that that whole scenario would have to change somewhat in the way it was uh, framed. Uh, because you you didn't give me any freedom of choice, really, in the matter. Um Yes. So, so if you I had, if you you had know, the maybe, freedom... Well, I would choose you didn't quit. i rather like this. <laughs> so then you would say it's important. Yeah. Right. So player agency is really important uh, because it allows people to make their choices. And uh, when they make those choices... Uh, it's going to help them feel like their uh, actions matter. Uh, you get, they get that mm-hmm. recognition. And uh, when they get that, they uh, also adds that extra layer of immersion as well on top of that. Because then they can Ooh. trust that their uh, whatever they do as their characters is going to help uh, them live in that world, in that experience. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, without it, uh, you know, people feel like their choices are just irrelevant and, you know, 
well, what would be the point of doing anything? Just let the DM monologue everything and we'll just go along with his uh, head head uh, cannon. Because it's pretty much the only choices that'll be made otherwise. Yeah, and uh, it's fun to listen to your friends at work talk about the stories that they have that they kind of made up in their own mind. Uh, that's cool. But when you're at the table and you're a participating player, then uh, suddenly it kind of makes a big stink of things. Because if you don't have that player agency, then it kind of makes your choices irrelevant. Because if you choose something and nothing comes of it or like the DM puts you in a situation where that choice doesn't matter, then yeah, it's going to become irrelevant very quickly, and you mm-hmm. might as well just sit there and let them tell their own story, as you know what Ethan said, in uh, their head canon. Uh, it also kind of defeats the point of consequences, because if you are not... Um, let's say, making good decisions or uh, the whatnot, if you don't get punished for those things, like, okay, I walk up to the guard and I slit his throat in the middle of town square. Uh, and then the DM is like, well, you need to. they needed to like you, so um, they say that, yeah, that guy was uh, a bad guy and you saved the <laughs> yeah. town. Uh, so then it really doesn't matter what the fuck you do. You could, you know. But so uh, if you instead did that and then you said, okay, you're all going to get attacked possibly killed, and then arrested. Now, you may not be looking forward to jail RP for the session, but at least you know that the DM respected that you made a choice, and that you know that there are bad choices in the game. Oh, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, it's really important when you're running a game and you're doing these consequences that people should know beforehand, at least somewhat, what those consequences will be. Because, you know, if it's like, well, I want to steal from the shop, you know, and they mean it to be kind of a a lighthearted thing. And then they get arrested and thrown into jail. And, you know, you got to do two, three sessions to get out of jail. Well, that that might be a bit inconsistent with what the player thought they were going to, you know, get as consequences. Um, You know, so it's important that they know beforehand that, okay, this town is a really strict place, so I can't do this little small mischievous stuff that in maybe a town I'm more well-liked and well-known that I could get away with. Right. And uh, if you are the DM listening to this, uh, something that you can do for, uh, or actually why you should give your players more uh, player agency is that uh, that will also help them relax uh because or maybe it depends on the players (laughs) if they say oh my god if i take one step too far i'm gonna die so obviously don't push it too much but if you you know set reasonable expectations for reasonable actions your players are gonna feel comfortable they're gonna like i know what's going to happen here because the consequences that I am aware of what happens in my life if I went and killed a guard in the middle, if I killed a police officer in the middle of a mall, I know bad things would happen. So knowing that, they start to be able to get a more accurate frame of reference of how the world they're living in works. Uh, that'll mm-hmm. help them relax and be more comfortable. And like what we talked about in previous episodes, when they are comfortable, it, they have that freedom they're going to have fun and they're going to be more willing to try to do things. And ultimately having fun with your friends is kind of what you're here to do. If, and if you're not, I mean, if you're a player, that's a different story, but if you're a DM and you're not helping everyone have fun, not to be fair, everyone at the table should be helping everyone have fun. If you're not there to do that, if, if you're prioritizing like these certain things that isn't someone's someone having fun at your table you need to reevaluate that because Mm -hmm. you're gonna find out one day at whether at those with those friends or a different table because you're gonna get like get kicked out uh you're gonna find out that ultimately it's about everyone having fun and everyone respecting that fun for each other 
Yep. Much like our podcast, every, everything's pretty much always going to boil down to the largest overarching theme that we have, having fun with your friends. And uh, not threatening to quit. <laughs> you only have to do it when you really need to get your way. Don't do it. <laughs> Let's talk about my wages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't like that there's zero dollars, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, we're in a co-partnership here. I don't care. <laughs> uh, well, I don't make anything either. That's <laughs> <laughs> too damn bad. Give me your fucking money. <laughs> uh, I already do. I pay for the subscriptions. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> now that you know what player agency is, assuming we've done a good job, and uh, let's say you also know why it's important at this point. Well... There's two different types of player agency, and you might have, or you might be able to guess, and that is a good player agency and bad player agency. Uh, Shocker. Yeah. Good for you. (laughs) Look at you jumping to conclusions. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So, obviously, there's, uh, you know, some examples of bad player agency is if you give your players too much player agency you can turn the game into this sandbox game where nobody really knows what's going on in the world where they're supposed to go there's no sense of direction for them to pick and say okay well we want to follow this quest line or we want to explore over here we want to do these kinds of things because well there's just so much to do that at that point, there might as well be nothing. And to be fair, uh, some people like sandbox style of game. I don't know if I said that right. Uh, sandbox style of game. Is that right? St- sandbox style of game? It sounds good to me. Uh, as, I don't know. It feels weird. Okay. Uh, yeah, some people like that. And, I mean, I like it. I mean, you know, you could play some games where, like, you have that freedom to just do whatever the fuck you want. But... To like, there are you know, it depends on your expectations that you set with your session zero with your like mm-hmm. you know friends mm-hmm. and all that stuff. What yeah, you're looking absolutely. to get out of it? I think it also depends largely on uh, player experience. Yeah, because if somebody's brand new, dropping them into a, a completely new genre of game, and then boom. Also, by the way, you can do anything. That's going to be petrifying because they already feel like they can do anything compared to a video game or a a movie or this or that it's crazy because you would think that with all the rules and restrictions on like every other thing you do in life that when you finally get to the point where they're like hey uh yeah there's no restrictions do whatever you want it's crazy that that is what stumps people i guess because they're not used to it but uh ultimately let's say uh you are not giving them enough player agency in that matter. We've already talked about it before where, you know, they'll just be like watching a movie or something. But ultimately, if you don't give enough player agency, then it basically just turns into like a podcast where, you know, they're talking, but they're not saying anything important. But uh, Mm -hmm. obviously uh, we're saying important things because, uh, you know, player (laughs) agency is important and we're talking about it. (laughs) Yes, yeah, exactly. so, I mean, I think a lot of it with the sandbox stuff is kind of uh, similar to, I don't know if you've ever been in line at like a McDonald's or Burger King or something, and somebody's letting their kid order for themselves. I'll tell you what. I've seen it enough times, and basically what happens is the kid will sit there and read the menu and go, uh, I don't know. There's too many options. I'll give you some you first-hand know, but- experience. Uh, I worked at an ice cream store. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we had a drive-thru. There were many times where if not the (laughs) child was ordering for everyone, they had the child order for at least themselves. Both situations were the worst thing that you could... Like, out of all the customers, all the toxic customers you can get in an ice cream shop... The worst part of it was when they had me. when Don't they give me a toddler when they yeah when they give you a kid to listen to and then you like you're expected to like act nice uh, be you know patient professional and courteous and, and all and, things yeah take thirty minutes for a two minute order because someone wanted their baby to look at all thirty one flavors yep. Yep. 
and then say they don't know what they want <laughs> and they ultimately get yep. vanilla. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why I think it's a uh, much like that scenario. If you were the parent or the DM in this situation, you go, hey, there's these three or four or however many choices you feel is a good number. That's not going to overwhelm them and leave it up to them. Uh, do you want this, this or this? Obviously, you know, you don't frame the, the, the plot hooks that way <laughs> at your table. Yeah. Or you do, so depending on how dense people can be. If you, but, Yeah, it, like on that example you just gave, uh, if you are DMing for your table of friends, and let's assume they like you, uh, you tell them that they're going to a town where they are looking to, let's just say, assassinate a noble who's evil. Uh, when they arrive to the town, if they're kind of having problems kind of finding a direction, uh, it would be a good opportunity to give them some options of, I guess, points of attack. Where it's like, do you want to go through the front gate? Do you want to talk to the guards? Uh, do you want to f- see if there's another way in, perhaps? Or maybe once they get in, you'd be like, okay, do you want to ask around about the noble? Do you want to go to the tallest building up there that looks fancy and like decorated? Or do you want to just kind of sneak around and just observe? Like, you're not really forcing any particular option on them, but you are helping them make or think about those creative ways, the like ways they can approach this situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so early on in the campaign that I run, uh, there was that particular quest line of assassinating a noble. Sponsored. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Basically, you know, I, I left it in many different ways of it could be done. I had even devised what his schedule would look like to where I would know where he was at every part of the day and all of those things. And ultimately what they ended up doing, which I didn't expect them to do, which was honestly really cool, was they bought poison. And then they poisoned the man's tea after going to his place to try to help him, quote unquote, um, you know, just do a couple things for him, if you know, because nobles always need adventurers for help. Like, for and, pouring uh, tea? <laughs> well, you know, they would have tea every time, and they could tell he used a particular type of tea. Yes, sir, it's tea time. <laughs> yeah, and so they, you know, uh, picked a bag that was a bit further back in the tea box when he was out and uh, poisoned that one. Boom, a couple days later... He's dead. They uh they buy the poison from I guess the poison seller and uh the se- the seller's like this is very dangerous stuff. Like, oh, what is it called? And he's like, oh, it's called fentanyl. And they're like, okay, we'll buy one <laughs> gram. And they're like, one gram. <laughs> Cut it with baby laxatives. <laughs> that's uh that's for flavor. <laughs> so uh now you know the difference between good and bad player agency right wait you don't no damn okay well we should probably tell you that huh uh so if you're at your table and you're trying player agency you know you're trying to be you know the uh what do they call it the 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 right foot forward the first step forward what do they call that shit Mm -hmm. putting their best foot forward hell yeah that's the word uh here's some questions to think about uh your player agency do players feel like their choices matter? Very obvious. You're giving them options, and you can notice the way that they choose to do things. Uh, right. If they are, you know, just not even really... You know, you also get a lot of pe- players who don't pay attention, and you might think, oh, this person's just being lazy. But actually um it might just be because they don't feel like they you know if, even if they did anything it would be significant right right yeah uh i think another thing is uh you, if you if your players are engaging and like risk taking and you know uh trying out these different things and taking new opportunities to engage with their game think that's when you can tell that you've got some pretty good player agency going on you know they're feeling comfortable they're feeling a bit risky, you know, they, they know what consequences are in store if they fail, so they feel like, you know, they have the appropriate knowledge to weigh the specific situation and the outcomes, 
And, uh, yeah, you know, it's great player agency. So, uh, if you are also, uh, you know, everyone's having a good time, you might notice that a player, uh, let's say you say, the bad guy is in this room on the other side of this closed door in front of you. All you have to do is open it. And they don't want to open it. They might, you might notice that they're feeling forced to open it. And you don't want to force anything on anyone, for that matter. If they're trying to do a quest or a roleplay, and you give them only one option, they're going to feel forced to do that. And there's two ways people can do that, they're, or uh, react to that. They're either going to back out and be like, no, 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 I'm not going to open the door. No, 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 no. I know it's the only way. I'm not going to do it. Or you might have people who will lash out and they'll say, oh, I'm going to open the door. But the moment I open the door, I'm going to shove so and so in there or I'm just going to go in and start killing people (laughs) like without even thinking about it, because I don't want to open that door. But you're making me open the door. Uh, Hit him with a real Leroy Jenkins moment. Right. I guess an approach. Old throwback. (laughs) Damn it. It's so funny because I don't think it's old, <laughs> but it is. It kind of is. It's, it, it's very. Before how classic was classic. It was classic. <laughs> before classic was classic. It was. It was like uh, I did it before it was cool. Before cool knew what was cool was. <laughs> uh, so you wanna. That's that's when you wanna give them multiple <clears throat> options. Oh, you don't have to open the door. Maybe you can look under the crack. Maybe you could try to find a window because it's it's in a different room, or maybe you could try and like go to the attic, see if there's a ceiling. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Just give them something. Uh, maybe a wizard wants to send a fine familiar insect in there. Who knows? But uh, yeah, on that. So, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say on that note, uh, it also ties into the other thing that we would like to ask you to tell if you have good or bad player agency at your table. Yeah, so the last question would be, do they feel like if they don't do a specific thing, everything else will crash and burn and fail? You know, is uh, everything hinging on a particular plot line? Because if it is, then it feels like you don't really have a choice in the matter. You don't get to go do the side quests at the moment. You have to go do this. Tying back into uh, that forcing uh, nature. Yeah. It's kind of a little bit of a railroad there, but we could talk about what that is later. Yeah, so if they feel forced to do a thing, obviously, you know, it's it's not a good sign of, like, healthy player agency. Mm-hmm. But uh, on top of that, if when they're in that moment of being forced, uh, they might think that not only, like, okay, I have to open the store, but instead of, like, the lashing out or the backing away... There is a third option of they just do it. But, like, are they doing it because they want to? Or are they doing it because if they don't, the quest will fail. Everyone will be mad at them. Uh, you know, right, it's all right. that pressure on this one person. At this point, they're not thinking about having fun or having a good time. They're, like, worried that, like, oh, I'm going to fucking ruin it if I don't open this door. Uh, so, nope. uh, you don't want... Even if you see a player that is going along with these actions that you may or may not be forcing on them for like a quest related reason. Uh, it might be hard to notice because they'll be doing everything you want them to. You'll have to mm-hmm, understand mm-hmm. and kind of see a, like how they're acting. If like they're doing it in a positive light or a negative light, like, Oh yeah, I'll open the door. It's like, Whoa, <laughs> sounds like they don't want to open the door, man. <laughs> <laughs> Now you know. Yeah, if they hit you with a, I guess I open the door. Right. <laughs> another. Like, oh. Hmm. Another good example is when you say when someone when you have an NBC that's like, oh, follow me into this dungeon, and then everyone's like, yeah, and then you say, oh, do you do you follow them? And then like everyone's like, oh, I follow them, I follow them, and then there's one person you're like, hey, other person, do you follow them? And they're just like, uh. Yeah, yeah, I follow them. It's like, uh, okay, well, <laughs> something to do know. Do you want to be doing this? Do you or... want to follow? Like, I know you said you want to follow them, but do you really, are you going to follow? Because, you know, 
you don't want to be the odd one out. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's say you're. Well, I think it goes back to episodes two and three, you know, of communication mm-hmm. and giving people the respect they deserve at the table to where they can voice their opinion of, no, you know, I don't really want to follow this guy into a dungeon. I think we should go do something else. And that's kind of a player on player object inter object interaction a player interaction. <laughs> I was thinking of D and D rules, uh, but uh, in terms of the DM, uh, while the players might be trying to, um, I don't want uh, make up for that lack of player agency. Uh, you, as the one with the reins, should already be on top of saying or like giving extra options. Oh, you don't want to follow him into the dungeon. Well, that's okay. There's other ways to do this, you know, encouraging that uh, that freedom of expression. So let's say you're fucking up. You're not doing any of the good things. You're you're just absolutely you're just railroading your people and you're just having a real shit show of it. What do you do to get back on the right track of player agency? Well, I think one thing you could do is consider what choices your players like making or like made in the past and whatnot and give them choices that are similar to that. Yeah, and we'll talk more about uh, what that means or how to see things like that. But uh, if you have a fighter that likes kicking in doors and running in guns a-blazing, well... (laughs) They're going to feel really encouraged when you give them that opportunity where you're like, oh, this door's locked, but it's so flimsy. And you hey, hear someone crying for help. <laughs> right? <laughs> if only someone would kick open this door, they're going to want to kick open that door. And they're going to oh, yeah. feel like, yes, this, is, this was made for me. Uh, another yep. thing is if they try to kick the doors and they roll a <laughs> check and they roll a natural one. Now, I know in the past we've said, you know, kicking in a very flimsy, weak door is like, you know, you probably want to give it to them. But the thing is, you you need to balance that because how funny would it be if he kicked this flimsy door and it didn't work? Or he kicked the door and it felt, he kicked it low, so it broke, but then it fell on top of him and he went prone. Uh... Or better yet, the door was so flimsy, he put his foot through it and just Put foot. the foot through it. Or he kicked it into <laughs> the room and it hit the person, like a hostage that <laughs> the they're hostage, trying to help yeah. or save. Yeah, <laughs> boom. <laughs> You've killed the hostage. I just kicked in the door. <laughs> that's, that's third degree murder. Uh, so giving your players the ability to fail is going to make them understand that. Now, I'm not saying purposely fail your players. I'm saying if they if you give them the opportunity to succeed and they don't, while you can try and fail forward on that, hey, you fail but you get a little bit of something on the side, you know, something like a, like a, like a participation trophy. Uh, <laughs> you do still want to make it clear that they did fail, they did right, fuck it right. up, they did drop the ball because if you just say ah okay you rolled a natural one but you still kick in the door it's just a door that might be okay in some situations but. Over time, doing that, players are gonna be like, "Okay, why did I fucking roll?" <laughs> you won't. You they need to see that rolling low is a fail. Uh, that right. way, they can trust that when they roll high, they actually earned it. They actually yeah. did a good yeah, thing. Exactly. And uh, I think in the scenarios you, we were pointing out there, with you know, uh, oh, you kick in the door, hit the hostage, or you know, oh, you put your foot through it. All of this gives your players chances to change the story uh you know the the way a quest might go might change entirely based off of a small interaction like that and like not going in the dungeon them, <laughs> right you want to give them the feeling that nothing is set in stone that they're in a living world it's not like everything waits for them to do the thing you know this this is a, a living story and they're a part of it they're not necessarily um you know beholden to one specific path yeah um because yeah you'll be playing a video game or something and it'll say ah you gotta do this to do the quest well guess what you don't do that thing you don't fucking progress and now we understand video games are very standard but you're playing a tabletop role-playing game okay there are no rules there are no limitations outside of what your dm does so if the guy says follow me to the dungeon 
because you have to in order to find a secret artifact to help you save the world well even if you don't do it there are other ways to save the world okay right, if right. it looks like a death trap and your players decide uh fuck it we're gonna find a different way to save the world then that's a great opportunity for you to show your players that there are other ways to have fun other than your way. Now, your way of fun is important, but uh, you want to compromise, you want to communicate, mm -hmm. and you all want to share in this fun. When you start saying, hey, my fun is more important than your fun, suddenly no one's having fun, and then you're going to be without a table with players. Right, exactly. Yep, and uh, if you guys already feel like you do a lot of these good things in your player agency and DMing and just uh, being a player in general, some ways we thought about how you could improve uh, because everybody should be looking to improve constantly. It's something that Thomas and I like to do as well. Uh, you can do things like add in morally ambiguous situations and scenarios that are a bit more uh, morally gray that way people feel like their their choices are going to have larger impact on their character on the story on the the setting the world and, and everything involved and uh on top of that uh you or i guess not on top of it uh almost the opposite of it where instead of having these like morally ambiguous uh, scenarios uh, you might actually just go in the opposite direction and throw in things that don't have anything to do with the story at all. Mm -hmm. If you just are traveling on your quest and a guy comes by with a cart of, like, meat pies or something, it's like, well, how does this relate to the story? Oh, well, it doesn't. It's just a fun little funny encounter that you can have with a man with the meat pies. And then, like, uh, that's it. And, like, <laughs> you know, Shout things out of... Shout-out Curse of Strahd. <laughs> Shout-out Curse of Strahd. If you have things of significance, that's great. But if you balance them with things of insignificance, maybe less on the insignificant side, it at least lets them know that there are things in this world that aren't important to the story. And mm -hmm. you could do it, you know, not only does that improve your world, but it also gives you a good setup or a trap or a trick. Yep. I think it also allows people to kind of blow off a little steam if things are feeling a bit pressurized and tense in the actual story. It's nice for them to be able to just go to a bar and then, you know, have a party or, or do something that is almost inconsequential. Obviously, there still has to be consequences. Like if they go to a party and decide to pick a fight with a guard or something, there should still be some consequences. But it's less with the story and more with the setting, if that makes sense. But uh, another thing to improve is you should punish your, your players for their failures according to the situation, not to how you feel it should play out. Me pies. <laughs> if... Elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, if you bring in the meat pie guy, and they say, oh, we just kill him. <laughs> you shouldn't, in, you know, you're a DM. You're enraged that they wouldn't entertain you with the meat pie man. If they kill him and you say, all right, well, a fucking, it turns out he's an ancient dragon and he transforms and kills all of you. Ha ha, I win. You shouldn't have <laughs> fucked with my meat pie man. You know, you're going to fuck up if you do that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I prefer something a bit more subtle in my scenario with that. They kill the meat pie man. Turns out he was working with a serial killer who was making meat pies out of his victims, and he's not happy with the party. He also lives on Fleet Street, but he also works for the FBI, so watch <laughs> out. So, uh, yeah, it, you can punish them accordingly. This could be in a positive or a negative light. If they murder the meat mm -hmm. pie man in town, obviously the, they're going to get out of fucking jail. Uh, but if they murder the meat pie man in the middle of nowhere, I just, I don't know. The only punishment there should be like, you feel bad, and now there's no more meat pie man. You know? Yeah. Like, that's they it. They might go to a town and hear about how great he was, how much money he gave to orphans. <laughs> right, right. You can always uh, guilt trip your players, but only if they think it's funny. If they don't give a shit about the meat pie man, 
murder hoboing is a terrible thing, but if it happens and it's it's not a significant thing, then you probably shouldn't feel so bad about it. Uh, another mm-hmm. thing that you can add here is more interesting open-ended background elements. Now, uh, Ethan, what does that mean? Well, I think much like the scenario in which the uh, the meat pie guy is the helper of a serial killer, that is a very interesting and open-ended background element that they might not be aware of. You might be able to drop something in a diary that kind of alludes to it or you know something of that nature and it gives them something to think about in the background of you know them playing the storyline that way they can be like hey guys you remember when we did that thing hey do you think something might come of that or you think that's just you know water under the bridge it's fine and then they they wake up to someone breathing on their face with a knife (laughs) And they're like, where did this come from? (laughs) Uh, It says in the journal, it says, uh, oh, I got to pick up my shipment from the right outside the graveyard in the town you're traveling to right now. And they're going to be like, huh? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know, and uh, it, it makes them feel more immersed and it gives them, again, something to look into, to to think about that isn't anything to do with the story. And again, in turn, makes them feel immersed into this world where it feels like a living world rather than, you know, a, a video game world where there's NPCs that have set dialogue and, and this is how they behave unless this happens. And then they behave this way. And, you know, it doesn't feel so programmed. And uh, you may have noticed we've talked, we've hinted at it a little bit. We might have said it a couple times this episode. But uh, we're going to talk about a thing that is, uh, I believe, maybe some stereotypes, maybe some negative connotations attached to it, but ultimately, like, overall can be used in a good way. And that is uh, the classic uh, technique of railroading your players, which Mm -hmm. is essentially just the process of almost as if your players are on a train, you are putting these tracks down to take them wherever you want, however you want, whenever you want uh and Mm -hmm. by doing that you will take away a lot of player agency from your players and it's okay in some circumstances i mean it's good when you don't use it so much but i do think it has a place yeah i mean sometimes it's uh necessary to kind of get the story back on track if you will uh get it train puns Uh 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 but (laughs) you know uh you want to look out for signs of excessive railroading because, you know, you, you don't want to do this to your players and then it makes them feel like there's no choice being given to them. They have to play along with what the DM wants. And once again, we're, we're living out the uh, the head canon of the DM. And once again, when your players realize they're on a railroad, they might just take the story in their own hands and say no fuck you i'm getting off this train and they're gonna lash out Mm -hmm. uh and they're going to go and do some like and you know if you've ever jumped off a train before it's not a good time so uh whenever your players do do it it's not going to be a a good time and that's basically because um it's there's going to be a very clear lack of consideration with what other people are doing and this doesn't apply to just the dm because uh, oh, yeah. if you're a player and you're with a group of people and let's say you give the key or you return the crown to the princess and a player gets fucking upset you shouldn't have done it we should have sold it we should have done this and that well even though they're not the dm you're still getting railroaded by another player and that lack of consideration is ultimately what it's going to come down to and when it when that happens it's not it may not be the dm's fault but it will still happen railroading does not have to be done by the dm specifically oh yeah absolutely it also can uh you know with player to player interactions it might be you know somebody expects the cleric to just consistently be a heal bot you know right. you don't get to do anything fun in combats you heal us who get to have fun <laughs> Yeah, and then everyone's like, why does no one want to be a healer? Mm, yeah. I don't know, man. Probably fucking that shit. So, oh no, you might have railroaded your players, and they're upset with you. 
Or maybe you're a player and you might have thought of a situation that, oh, I did that. I, I, I told someone they had to do this and then they did it and they didn't feel good. What do I do? Well, uh, so if you're going to want to use railroading, I say if, you are going to want to use railroading appropriately. And a easy way to start out doing that is that when you want to encourage someone to go in a general direction, not a specific direction, don't be so, uh, what do they call it, cold cut about it, you want to mm. give a softer pull to other people, whether it's your players as a DM or players with players. Uh, mild suggestions. You don't have to, like, oh man, what's that dungeon way over there? That looks pretty cool, right? You don't have to be like, hey, let's go to that dungeon right there. Yeah, yeah. I think another part of it would be openness to discuss, like, the meta of whatever situation the characters might be in. Yeah, like, out of character. Uh, because as, yeah, because as a DM, you might know a bit more of the, the world building involved with it, and, you know, the characters might not understand the complete, you know, significance of the things they just learned, or the the choice they're they're making, and things like that. So, sometimes it can be helpful to kind of pull back that curtain a little bit give them some soft guidance, you know, that soft pull you were talking about, and then letting them do what they need to do. So that could be involved letting things go as they're planned, or if they decide, you know what, we're not going to do that, you need to be willing to adapt in the situation and compromise with them and allow them the freedom to go try out this other way and uh, see what happens with them. After all, this is an evolving story that you guys play together to have fun. So, you know, uh, ultimately compromise has to be made. And if you are a player, you should potentially be compromising with other players to say, okay, they look, they want to go down the tracks that's being laid out. I want to go do this. Perhaps I can compromise with them and say, hey, okay, fine, let's go do your thing. And then afterwards we go do my thing. And a for that willingness to adapt um, as a DM or a player, uh, I think this pertains more to the DM being the orchestrator of the whole adventure and whatnot and the mm -hmm. story uh, at hand. But uh, we can talk a lot about the uh, illusion of choice, which is yes. that you're going to give them what they want but you're going to get to include what you want overall. Uh, and that is to say, you want them to go to the dungeon. That's You've put all the effort. It's in the dungeon. It's the quest, mm -hmm. the story. They don't want to do it. Okay, you don't have to go to the dungeon. Where do you go? Oh, we want to go to the woods. Okay, take the elements. Secret entrance. <laughs> yeah, there's a take. you can either award them and say, oh, it's a secret entrance to an underground place, and it's actually a dungeon. Or you take the elements of your dungeon. Oh, it's one room of enemies, one room mini boss, one room boss with the secret weapon. Uh, put that in the forest so that they think, oh, we're going to go to the forest. Look at this amazing adventure we had because we didn't go to the dungeon. And you'll be sitting there like, ah, uh, yes. Yeah, How exactly. random. <laughs> you will make it, it will seem random, but ultimately your players may not realize it, but you have actually just made them go to the dungeon without them going to the literal dungeon. And uh, being able to have those backup plans and be flexible as a DM, because like what Ethan said, mm -hmm. it's an evolving game. You need to be an evolving DM. Yeah. Uh, so Yo. I think now we discuss a little bit about metagaming because, uh, you know, we kind of already talked and touched on like the meta of a situation and being open to discuss it. Uh, so perhaps we talk a little bit about metagaming itself. Yeah. So, you know, there's some stereotypes around it. So the stereotype that most people would be familiar with is metagaming with somebody uh, that just kind of has a lack of consideration for others. And they're like, no, you should do your action this way. It's going to you know provide this much more extra damage or you know you're better tailored to do this you know the troll is, is weak to of, fire <laughs> yeah you know those kind of types of things uh some people would call that power gaming but i think that's still kind of in the same uh, family of metagaming and 
to be fair, the, it's a stereotype for a reason. There are a lot of metagamers who see that as an advantage to winning the game. Uh, but really what it just comes down to is that people are just trying to have their own fun. And when they metagame, that's just their approach of fun. Guys, I know this boss uh, is out of spell slots. We should beat his ass. Like, that's going to be fun because I know this thing now. And other people might look at that and say, you're metagaming. We're not supposed to know he's out of spell slots. But that stereotype breaks down there because they're ultimately trying to communicate and have their own fun and help other people have fun too. The only way you really get past that metagaming nature is through communication. If you talk yeah. and you say, hey man, I appreciate it. I don't want to know those things. Or, hey man, I appreciate those things. I, I, we should beat his ass. Uh, both of those things will happen and you're going to instead of having one person trying to have fun or one person taking away fun from other people, you all end up sharing that fun, even if someone's doing their style of play different than you. I mean, people play games differently. That's just, it is what it is. You communicate, mm -hmm. you find a compromise, and you respect each other's, like, approaches to things. Uh, if someone's doing something and they're metagaming or power gaming or op optimizing something and you don't like it, you talk to them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that is all, all of that is to say, in my opinion, and I think Thomas would agree with me here, is that yep. sometimes metagaming has its places, mainly just out of game, you know, strategizing, communicating with your team outside of, you know, the game off the table and uh, discussing, hey, you know, I think for the next boss fight, we should lead with this and da 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 da. And I think that all can be really important and um you know but all of that is to say metagaming for the most part isn't recommended for people to use for in-game purposes uh, unless there's a dire need for it or everybody is okay with it ultimately like you said it comes down to communication to talk to your table and see you know how everybody else feels about that particular topic and I think a great time to talk to your table about that is before the campaign even really begins. Like a session inception. zero. Like a session zero. Uh, when I say when we like when we when Ethan says a dire need for it, uh, let's say you're fighting the final boss of the campaign, uh, and you know that like this is a legendary creature, and he has three legendary act or three legendary resistances. And not everyone else knows that. And let's say he uses all three. Everyone's like, oh, we just can't beat him. He just keeps saving. But you know that he's out. Well, then in that case, you can say, hey, guys, you know, he's a legendary creature, obviously, because he's doing legendary actions and legendary saves. He can uh, all people, all legendary creatures only have three. He's out of it now. So now we can actually beat his ass. Call back to the beat his ass option. Uh... <laughs> while some people might not be okay with that metagaming if it's like the, a, a super dire need and it's going to help everyone understand the way that things work and you do that ultimately that is like that's at least a lot better than you trying to metagame every other individual specific nitpicky right, action right. of everyone else you know it's like a you know give or take lesser of two evils but also just like what we said talk to your table like within your session zero and you 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 specify hey guys i'm you know i know a lot about this game and i might bring it up is that okay and then people are like yeah so then when you do do that it feels like you're not crossing a boundary because ever you've set your lines already in that session zero mm -hmm. yeah and i think personally in that scenario i think if i was trying to communicate that with my players as a fellow player i would use more of a, a role play lead-in something along the lines of you you know i can tell the boss is weakening we just need to hold out and we should be able to prevail you know something along those lines to kind of communicate hey it's gonna get easier now hell yeah oh yeah. we also have some other things to talk about as well uh not yeah. in terms of uh the episode but uh, we do have a Gmail account, Taraxicon, at gmail.com. And just for people who don't know, that is spelled T-A-R-A-X-I-C-O-N, 
at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. Taraxicon at gmail.com, in case you didn't know how to spell. Uh, so, uh, feel free to send us questions, comments, concerns, uh, stories, uh, because we do plan on reading these things, responding to these things, and including mm-hmm. these things in future episodes. Uh, or, uh, we'll lead into the next thing, on our Reddit uh, we do have a subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash Taraxicon. And we even have a Discord channel, and I believe the link to join is on the Reddit, right? Yes, it is. It's also on our Twitter account, also Taraxicon. Uh, so you can find us pretty much on every platform as Taraxicon. Uh, we have a link to our subreddit and Discord on the Twitter, same as the subreddit has links to the discord and the twitter um and to be clear uh when we say a discord we're talking about forming some sort of a community you know mm-hmm. we want to talk mm-hmm. to you people we want to have discussions debates advice and we want to give you you know advice that might help you you know we're eager to hang out we even have you know some voice channels in there if you want to talk to us personally uh, we're very busy with like our day-to-day lives and then doing this Taraxicon stuff, but if you want to tweet us, if you want to message us, if you want to join our subreddit or our Discord, you know, you're going to increase your chances of talking to us and us having more time to respond to you with any troubles or questions, or even if you just want to hang out and talk. If you like yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, and if you hang out enough, who knows, you might get some uh, behind-the-scenes or maybe even some early access. Um who knows? Nothing that we have set up right now with paywalls, so, you know. Get in now while you still get can. <laughs> get all the small perks early. Get on our good side, and we'll give you the good stuff. <laughs> with that being said, thank you for taking a mystical dive into our tabletop lexicon. Join us in the future as we embark on the next episode of Taraxicon.